Hello, this is Tom Williams, and you are listening to Talk Theater in Chicago's interview podcast. My guest this week is uh, Aaron Todd Douglas, who is the director of a great play running at uh, Raven Theater Radio Golf. How you doing today? I'm doing great, Tom. Good to have you. Tell us about Radio Golf and how that came to be and, and how you uh, got that uh, produced at, at uh, Raven Theater, which I think is a real coup for the, for the theater group. Absolutely. It is their um, first uh, so-called African-American play. Um, this is my second time directing at Raven. And last season, uh, we took a stab at 12 Angry Men, and it did really well for us. Um, the, the board was happy. The patrons were happy. The... Um, Artistic staff at Raven was pretty happy, and um, Mike Menendi and the artistic director over there asked me to uh, come back and uh, tackle radio golf. Um, he thought it really worked well with his season. Yeah, and it's a it's a real coup for them, and I, I appreciate it. But let's just talk about uh, Twelve Angry Men for a while. I thought you did the definitive production of that show. Wow, I really, I really appreciate that. I, I mean, I saw the national tour was excellent. You know, with the uh, uh, a lot of the big name actors, but I thought what you did with the with the interracial casting and the and the multi ethnic casting made it pertinent to today. Excellent. That was what we were hoping for. Um, I wasn't trying to make any huge bold um, statements about race in our society with that play. I was trying to do something somewhat tricky because I, I think it being a period piece is important. Um, set in the late fifties. I think that the writing speaks so eloquently to that that time that um, I didn't want to change that, but I wanted to more accurately reflect what uh, our society, our culture looks like, you know, on a day-to-day basis, especially in a city like Chicago. Um, so perhaps you might not have seen those people <laughs> in in the fifties on that particular uh, jury, but um, I don't think it was a, a stretch at all to imagine that those people belonged there. And that they had something um, vital and important to contribute. Yeah, and and it really came across with with your casting of that show. Yeah, that that was. And you and didn't you guys get a Jeff for that? Well, I think I think you might be right. Tom. Yeah, okay, <laughs> it, it, you know it's not bragging when it's true. That's right. That's right. We're not. Um, uh, we're, we're certainly very pleased with that. We got a nomination for um, direction and um, an ensemble and Tacoma for ensemble. That was that was awesome. All right, let's get night. let's get to radio. So that set up radio golf. So, uh, what? Give us your vision, is because uh, there is a great pool of actors. Let's talk about casting for a minute. There's a great pool of African American actors, equity actors in this town. But you did a non-equity production, which is a lot tougher to do. Well, casting wise, yes. No, no, no. I'm I'm not disagreeing with you at all. It's it's a pretty, pretty difficult thing to do. It's um, proved challenging with. 12 Angry Men as well. I mean, there's there's a whole lot of talent here in Chicago. I don't have to tell you that. That's for um, sure. But but sometimes finding the older, um, experienced, uh, accomplished, uh, talented actors that you, that you need in order to cast it how it should be cast is, is difficult because oftentimes the, the older actors have either retired or, or turned equity. Um, but there are still some Actors who tend to do it more as a hobby, not as uh, not as a support. They're not trying to support themselves um, acting for a living, so they do it for the love of it. And you know, if we can just find these people, we can uh, we can cast and play well. In this case, um, in the African American uh, talent pools, 
it's even more shallow. So I, I knew I was going to have to skew it down a little bit in terms of age. I was going to have to bring it down um, maybe about 10, 15 years across the board. Um, but I think uh, it was probably a good choice, and we found some some real, real deep uh, quality talent. And um, I'm very happy with my cast. I, I, that's one thing that I really enjoy, casting. Um, come from an acting background. And uh, I think we, we got some winners here. Uh, David Adams is a gentleman I've worked with uh, before, and I think he's doing a fantastic job as playing old Joe. Yeah, that's a gr- and that's the to me the key role of the whole of the whole play. I think you're right. I think he's the linchpin of this yeah. play. He's, he's not necessarily um, a lead, but um, you there's so many things um, spin around him. All right, well, let's get into that because uh, for our audiences who don't know August Wilson, there's uh, must be two people who don't know who August <laughs> Wilson is, but uh, who don't know this play. Uh, I can imagine that there are more, more people that don't know this play necessarily. I think August. So uh, give us enough of a profile where to get to whet their appetite to head over okay. to Clark Street. Yeah, well, this play, Radio Golf, is the final one in his uh, century cycle. It is also known as the Pittsburgh cycle, except that. Uh, that name doesn't work as well when you think that Ma Rainey, his first one, was set in Chicago. So, so I always refer to the Century Cycle. He wrote a play, um, sort of representative of each decade of African American culture life in the 20th century. And Radio Golf um, finishes us out in the 90s, in the late 90s, 1997, to be exact. Um, it centers on a man, Roman Wilkes, who is running for mayor, and the fact he's uh, trying to be the first. Um, African American or Black American in the city of Pittsburgh. I don't believe they've had one yet to this point, but um, he's trying to be the first. And I think the, the timing of it worked really well with uh, with our just recent mayor race here in Chicago. So I think that was yeah, total, social pertinent, timely relevance here. Um, it's a battle of freedom in a sense, um, but this freedom is more of a personal, uh, intellectual, and spiritual freedom. Um, this man who has been successful all his life, he's, um, I would say he's a standout in terms of August Wilson's work. This is a man who has uh, means and, and stature, but he is still fighting to secure his piece of the American dream. He's still fighting for his own spiritual freedom. And through the people that he encounters, Old Joe being one of the main ones, um, he finds it, and that tends to come with a cost in most cases, and he's willing to pay it. Yeah, and, and one of the things I liked about it was how balanced August's writing was. Uh, sure, Wilkes it wants to be mayor, and he wants to be a rich man and be successful and do good in this community, but then all of a sudden there's the past, yes. and he's aware of that. And then there's that, that uh, quote I love that, they're, that they throw at him. Do the right thing. What is the right thing? Is Roosevelt so wrong, his partner, who wants to get rich and you know be part of the the system? He makes a good case for that. You, you can't condemn either either side here. That's, he he leaves you thinking. What's the right thing? And people, I agree with you one hundred percent. People have been walking away uh, saying that more and more that this play um, they don't remember it as being as challenging intellectually as as it comes off in this particular uh, incarnation of it this particular production of it um, I'd have to I'd have to agree with that on, on a couple of different levels 
Well, I think a part of that is Cassie. Part of that is uh, since uh, Obama's been elected president, I mean, there's yeah. been time. Uh, what was this play originally done? Uh, oh, In 0607. 06-07. So we've, you know, we're five years later. And, yeah. And, yeah. Obama was, he was on the rise then. We yeah. knew a little bit about him, but he certainly wasn't, um, it wasn't, he wasn't a shoe in it by any means to sit in the chair he's sitting in now. But August also, in every play, he always refers to the past, and, and we learn so much about the, the mythology of the African-American community and, and some of the traditions. I mean, to me, that's one of his great contributions. Plus, never a wasted word. I, I'd have to agree with you there. This is one of the um, tightest, um, shortest, I guess. Maybe it's his, his Midsummer Night's Dream. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, I had you guys out of there. And what was it, 2.15? Yeah, which yeah. for August Wilson, that's a, that's Including a, intermission. Including, Absolutely. yeah, that's like you could leave your car running almost. <laughs> And I think that's good. You know, it should be. It, you should feel like it's a whirlwind, particularly um, if you're coming at it from the central character's perspective. Um, things are happening around him so fast that he is making the best decision, you know, on the spot he can and moving forward with the information that he has. That's that's not to suggest that he's a victim because he's he's not by any means. Um, never sees himself as as a victim. He's very much a willing participant in his own change. But that that battle with the past and the future. Um, that's a big part of it. And I remember the first production, it, I, I heard and I remember thinking myself that it felt like the past one. It felt like um, it, it didn't feel as up to date as it wanted to. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I agree. I, oh, I, but I still think the past one. <laughs> I just <laughs> yeah, think it was, true, right? I think we thought we didn't, at, at first we sort of condemned the Roosevelt here, the partner who, just wants to go for the money. He doesn't care if he's the front guy. He he wants a part of the. He wants to to play with you know the Donald Trumps of mm-hmm. the world. And mm-hmm. he, uh, but is he so wrong? Well, I got to tell you, I'm going to confess that I um, that was the character. Um, okay, that was the character that I wanted. Uh, okay. <laughs> I didn't want to play that character. To be honest with you. <laughs> hey, why not? That's right. And that was the character that I identified with. I thought Harmon was was a fool. I thought he was stubborn. I thought he was blind. And um, that's one of the great things about going through process you know it's always um for me process is even more key to product because through the process you realize the product and i was able to really understand Harmon better i mean i knew that was going to be a um a, a sore spot for me you know? well he's almost a tragic character he's almost a shakespearean uh character you might say in a way yeah yeah yeah, yeah. where thank god nobody um dashes out their eyes or um you know gets lost in the forest forever or something like that but <laughs> he, he is a bit of a tragic hero yeah, and but but we're easy to sort of think of uh, Roosevelt as, as a villain, but he's yeah. not really. He's no, no, no. He's he's one hundred percent correct in, in in most cases, and that's that's how life works. You know, there's no um, there aren't any villains. Yeah, what, well, there are. I, I take that back. There are a lot of villains in life, but um, one over it, in it, Libya. Most times, it's, 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 <laughs> <laughs> most times it's, it's less cut and dry than, than you yeah. want to admit. Well, all the great stories and the great the great writing has that. It's it's shades of gray. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But uh, another character I liked was the character of Sterling. Oh, he's something else, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, and and a great job. Where did you get uh, Whitfield? He's I've I don't believe I've seen him before. At least good, not good. A, I'd like to uh, pop him off as best I can. He's yeah. um he's a good friend and a, and a, and a strong actor. Oh um, yeah. It was a matter of time, you know, whether or not he was ready for something like this. You know, so so often you. 
Well, tell us about him. He's just... is is tenuous. You know, he got to go pay the bills. He's been through some some life issues that certainly have made him a stronger actor. But um, he told me um some some point last year that he was back, like really back. He's back for good. And he's committed. And um, circumstances worked out. I, I lost a few actors um before we even got to the rehearsal room, and um, he came to mind. You know, he came to mind, and he is he has stepped up in a big way. I'm very proud of him. Boy, I'll tell you, when he walks in and uh, he just sort of takes over the stage. He's got a heck of a presence. It doesn't hurt that he's six five and weighs about two hundred and eighty pounds. No, but uh but he's he's so articulate. And that's <laughs> that's one of the other things that, that I like. Um you you did this very modern style. You had him speaking faster th- than uh kind of like the way people talk today. I don't know if it's cell phone itis or whatever, but we all tend to talk faster now. But yet you could understand every word. Well, that's something I'm pretty prideful about, I have to say. Um, uh, there are a lot of parallels between August and, and, and Shakespeare, and they're meant to be done so that the ear and the brain are, are stimulated, you know? And if you, if you slow that down, um, if you, in essence, you're dumbing it down, and the brain is a lot faster than, than the mouth, um, you, at no point should the audience be waiting, you know, standing at a home plate with the ball waiting for, uh, waiting for the runner to around second base, you know? Um, so we really have to, to lead them and, and challenge. And the second you start slowing it down and breaking it up with a bunch of pauses and thought, Ugh. then you, you, you destroy the, the images and you destroy the ideas. Yeah, but there's a there's a happy medium. In many storefront productions I've seen, they go so fast that all they are is speaking words. They don't even know what they're saying. But, yeah. but you're, you're casting, and, and I'm sure a lot of that had to do you know, with your direction, that they went fast. But like you said, you could understand everywhere, and it had a tremendous impact. Well, my thing is, um, I use a lot of sports metaphors. I just can't help it. But uh, <laughs> the main one that, that my actors will tell you about is a, is a John Wooden quote. Um, Be quick, but don't hurry. Uh-huh. That's, that's very good. Uh, and he only won, what, 90-some games in a row, so he kind of knew what he was doing. He knew a little bit about teamwork, a yeah. little bit about uh, cooperation, about getting the job done, execution. The other thing that I think August Wilson did, and we'll, we'll talk more about, I want your perspective on him as a you know total writer, but the how he had such an ear for dialect, for for storytelling of, of the old stories of the South, even going back to African mythology, but but how he could say it in a powerful yet funny way, uh, again was understandable. I mean, he had the dialect down, and that had to be a challenge for some of the actors. Absolutely. And again, we're back to the rapidity. Um, when you are out there among the people, when you're on the street, and you're trying to get your ideas across and, and you think your ideas are more important than the next guy and you want to be heard, um, the second you start slowing down, you're, you're opening up a doorway for somebody else to jump in and cut you off and take over. So there's an urgency to it that's very important. And not everyone has, has an ear for that or, or a feel that kind of urgency they like you said they mistake it for just pace they mistake it for just rapid speech yeah it's not it's very different yeah and and uh f- from the the balanced arguments the plague builds up and right toward the end when they're when they're debating particularly roosevelt is debating with with the mayor-elect or the, the potential mayor uh-huh. uh those those strong arguments. First, you believe one side, and you go, "Yeah, he's right," and then the other one answers, and it leaves you w- with this balance, which 
so much writing, you know, you could take the author's point of view and shove it down the, the people's throat. But I thought he did such a tremendous balance that that, that really gave it power. I think so, too. I um, The ending has, has troubled a lot of people, and I'm sure it'll continue to, to trouble them. But it has to be that war with no clear resolution. Um, Harmon has this tremendous monologue that's, and in some cases it's not too Wilsonian, you know, in some instances it doesn't quite sound like it, but then you you hear it a couple of times and you're going, of course, it's August. Um, and the response from Roosevelt is, I understand. And he does. I think he gets it all. Mm-hmm. He just chooses to, it manifests differently, he chooses to act upon that information. Even though he agrees 100%, he chooses to act on it differently. And, you know, I understand, and then he goes right into detail on how he's going to thwart him. You know, he's going to go against him. He's going to fight his hardest to go against him. And ultimately, I'm not sure there's much debate on whether or not the house gets torn down. But, uh, yeah, it comes down. But if that's um, a win or a loss, is that's, that's the argument, I think. Yeah, and I think it leaves almost room, uh, if August had survived, uh for another play that that maybe they relocate the house, uh, you know, you know that something's going to happen to, to keep the tradition alive. I, I think uh, I think that's kind of obvious. Yet progress has to go. You know, you got to yeah. you, you got to make the neighborhoods better. Oh yeah, the, I think the Hill District has has seen a revitalization um, due in large part to to. August Wilson's work. Oh, I didn't know that because I've never I've been to Pittsburgh, but I don't I've never I don't wouldn't know the Hill District if I was in her. <laughs> sure. Well, it's a lot of, like a lot of places in Chicago. The gentrification comes in, and there are certain areas of the neighborhood that are you know unrecognizable and you know well supported by uh, local business that kind of thing. And then you know a block or two away, it's uh it's still in devastation. Well, it's a lot of areas, unfortunately, in the city like that. Let's hope our new mayor will do something about that amen to that yeah Let, let's talk about uh august wilson and and uh you being involved with with congo square uh how, how did that come about i know you're one of the founding members of congo square theater right yes yeah. yes um how did august wilson get involved with you guys well our um our founding artistic director derek sanders approached him and said i'm, I'm thinking about starting this company and blah 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 would you be a part of it and August told him on the spot, you know how many times I've been approached by this? And I always say yes. But um, very seldom does it work out. Very few people have that kind of follow-up that, that Derek did. And um, so when the time came, when all the groundwork was laid, and um, the follow-up came, you know, he went back to August and said, look here, here's what we got. Um, would you be willing to to sit on our advisory board in the capacity and um, – and August came to our uh, very final show of our first production piano lesson. And he gave an impromptu speech and, you know, shook our hands and, and looked me in the eye and, and told me what he thought. And I could have died on the spot. You know, I was I was done. <laughs> I was done. A, he was a pretty honest guy. I mean, he didn't hold back much, right? No, 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 no. Yeah. He was um, very, very direct. Yeah. And he didn't he didn't support the work. Matter of fact, in his speech that night was, if you don't believe in the work, if it's not good work. And let it go the way of the dodo. You know, let it go away. It, it doesn't deserve to be here. But if if it is worthy, then support it with all you have. Wow, that that that's a great inspiration. 
Yeah. But yeah. It, it's a good lesson. Ask, cause you, because sometimes they'll say yes. That's right. Until you ask, the answer's already no. Yeah, and then and then uh, go ahead and do it. So, I, sure, I could see him saying yes to you. Imagine how many people he said yes to that nothing ever happened. That's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing. And then he responded to it. To it. He showed up. Um, he, he, he wrote, wrote a check every year, and whenever he could show up, you know, he was here in town, and um, he provided true mentorship, and which was quite fitting because he, he's the sole reason that, you know, that I do this. You know, I lucked upon him in uh, freshman in, in college, and uh, and I was I was done. I was hooked. Um, he's the most influential artist in my life. And well, I think he's one of the. If you had to name the three or four greatest American playwrights, he's he's among that list. Absolutely. Yeah. And anybody who thinks differently should, should go back to the drawing board. I mean, well, I'll give you an example. Uh, I have a new reviewer working for me. He's just out of college, year out of college, and he's not, he wasn't familiar with August Wilson's work, but he wasn't. I'll give him this: he he was a philosophy major, so you know he wasn't a, a theater major, but he had been very active in theater. And I told him, I said, you're going to hear something great. You're going to hear one of the great playwrights. So when it was over Sunday, I said to him, uh, what do you think? And he goes, marvelous. He's, I have to read all his work. I, I was I was delighted to meet him. He seems like a stand-up guy. Yeah. But I'm I mean. Mentorship, he'll do just fine. Well, I'll expose it to him. You know, that's about, that's all you can do. And if they take to it, fine. But, yeah, he was blown away and uh, with, uh, with August's right. And I told him, as good as radio golf is, I don't know that it's his best play. I don't either. Uh, you um, know, I mean, it, it, as good as it is, you know, it, it's obviously, folks. If you've never seen August Wilson, you got to go uh, to Radio Golf. And if you've seen Radio Golf, you got to see it again, because four or five years later, the way uh, Mr. Douglas has mounted this and with the great cast, it is slightly different. It gives you a different mess. I think it's more modern. Good. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's where we want to go with it, but well, yes. I mean, it, it's hard with revivals because I'm not the type that I'm. I'm, I'm no auteur. I don't. Um, I don't want to re envision with such huge and sweeping um, changes. My own notion that it obscures the author's original intent. Um, yeah, you don't want to be. You don't want it to be uh, Todd Douglas's play. <laughs> exactly. That's yeah. not me. I mean, yeah. if, if if that's the case, then I'll just go write my own play. You know. Yeah. I want to honor his work, but I don't want it to be in any kind of carbon copy of anything that's been produced previously. You know. And I don't think you did. I, I like you said. I think it had a a clarity to it, and it had a uh, sort of an urgency that that uh, and the balance. You know, we go back to the balance. But let's talk about August. What What are your among your favorites? Well, <laughs> oh, it's tough the three question. that I've done, I have to say. Okay. Uh, well, not the three, but, well, okay. I've worked on about seven of them now, um, but the three that we've done with Congo Square are definitely toward the top of the list, um, those being Joe Turner, Seven Guitars, and Piano Lessons. That's in descending order from how we produced them. Um, but I have to put Jitney up there. Um, yeah. I understudied that at Goodman, and I'd never seen a play get... A standing ovation every single night of the run. Wow. Every single night. And it wasn't one of those reluctant ones either. They leapt to their feet. And I got to give a lot of credit to um, Mary McClinton for showing me how August was supposed to sound, what it's supposed to uh, feel like, the essence of, of the work. Um, and August was very present. You know, I had a chance to spend a little more time with him there. Yeah, I had the uh, honor of meeting him uh, at the reception when they did Gem of the Ocean. 
and he was a very interesting guy. And he, he was such a kind of an intimidating guy in the sense that the way he walked around, people, oh, there he is. But they were like afraid to talk to him. Well, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm goofy enough. I'll go up and talk to anybody. You know, I don't. And he was great. He was gracious. He was quite outspoken. You know, he said was ever on his mind, and he knew I was a reviewer because I introduced myself. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. I had the same experience. You know, I I often feel bad when. When I see that happening, you know, some great person is walking around or some person with some stature walks around, and then you can see people whispering and pointing, but they ostracize them by not, by not speaking to them directly. And um, I, I speak to them more um, out of an impulse of making them uh, feel comfortable. Yeah, how, how that hap- that's happened with several. But my favorite uh, among those, piano lesson, but I like Joe Turner a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you were in that, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, um, yeah, I think I think we had a took a good stab at it. Matter of fact, when we did that, when we were doing Joe Turner. Um, it was at the Goodman as part of a celebration commemorating the, the Goodman's completion of the century. Yes, yes, yes. That's and they were doing radio golf at the premiere of it um, uh, in the in the Albert. Yeah, and the, the, the bigger going. theater, and the Joe Turner was in the quote smaller theater. But I thought it worked. It was just so intimate. It still had a great set. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, they, they did it. They did it well. Uh, well, in the interest of time, I know your 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 schedule is is running tight. Uh, let's talk about uh, you, the actor. I know you've been in some terrific stuff. I go back to Stick Fly. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun one. Yeah, and and uh, she's she's quite a writer. Oh, Lydia Dom is doing just fine for herself. She sure you? is. She sure. Some people think she's the heir apparent to August. That'd be nice. That'd be interesting. She's, she's a very uh, charming, intelligent, accessible person, and um, you know, I, I wish nothing but wonderful things for her. She's been, um, she's she's been she's been great. She, um, I remember getting that call when it was just she just had one act of Stick Fly, and she said, "I I, um, I got this this play um, tomorrow. I only got one act, but I, I want you to read this um, tomorrow at the Chicago Dramatist." And you know, I'd, I'd done a couple over there. And, you know, tomorrow, this is Friday night, we're talking about, you know, a few hours away. And I'm, okay, Lydia, for you, you know what, hey, of course, of course. And I couldn't be more happy with yeah. having been in that, you know. And I pick up the book, I didn't even know about this until after it was done, you know. Somebody walked up like, hey, man, I just saw you at the bookstore. And I'm going, I wasn't at the bookstore. No, 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 you're on, on the cover of uh, Six Five. <laughs> but that feels pretty good. That was always one of my little dreams as a, um, as well, a do young you freshman could... coming up. You want to see your, yeah. your name. You know, in the in the original production of something. Okay, sounds great. You're a successful director. You're a successful actor. If I were to wake you up in the middle of the night and say, "Which are you?" or "Who are you?" what would you? How would you answer? I think it would depend on the night. Okay. But I have to preface that by saying I um I always I never wanted to do anything but act never, and then all of a sudden um, directing seemed to make sense, and you know never say never because uh, life. And uh, it, it points you to where you're supposed to be. And mm-hmm. I trust that. You know, I trust in providence, and um, it seems to make sense. And you know, maybe when the kids get a little older, I can uh, devote more and more time to, to acting. Um, mainly because you know, directing, I can get a lot of done independently. I don't have to be away from home. You know, yeah, three months at a time. But um, I love it, and I'm you know, I'm going back in rehearsals to to act at. Uh, Victory Gardens uh, next week, matter of fact. Oh, yeah? What 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 did show you in? It's a play called Tree. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, regional premiere. It's only been done once before. Uh, really looking forward to it. Uh, Andy Diamond's directing, and I'm, I'm, I'm loving the character, loving the dialogue. 
So right now, what I'm hearing you saying is you're, you you lean toward acting. At the moment, because that's what my moment. next job is. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Tell us now, that, then, then in the interest of time, because we're just about finished, um, what roles? What are some of the roles you'd love to play as an actor? And what are some of the plays you'd love to direct as a director? Oh, my goodness. Right. You should have warned me about this. What? You know... Everybody's got that that one deep down that they that they want to do. I'd, I'd love to take a crack at um, some of Charles Smith's work. Mm. Um, I, I, I like him. He, he's a great guy. Um, Knock me a kiss is one of my favorites. Um, there's a there's a playwright I've been working with. You know, he's become a real good buddy. Uh, Steve Broadnax. Um, I'd love to direct a bunch of his plays in, in big houses. I think that there's a play called Smash Hit that needs to get a production. We've been workshopping at um, a couple different festivals. Um, in terms of acting, there's a few more of those, um, those August Wilson characters I'd love to take a crack at. I still want to take a crack at Roosevelt. Okay, um, I'd like to see you do that. Can you hit a golf ball? Yeah, okay. yeah. I, I started learning it a couple years back. I wanted to play with my dad before you got too old and infirm to uh, pick up a club. <laughs> okay, so you'd like to do that. What else? Um, you know, I wouldn't mind doing uh, Canewell again. That was a heck of a lot of fun. Um, let me see. What are some of the other ones in there? Shoot. I'd like to see you take a shot at a Shakespeare. Oh, I've, I've, I've been around the block a couple yeah. times with Shakespeare. I've done Othello a couple of times. Um, okay. I'd, I'd like to do Iago. I don't want to do Othello uh, again until maybe, you know, another 20 years down the line. Iago. Yeah, that'd be a good role. That'd be a heck of a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, what else would be fun? Oh, I, I wouldn't mind doing Caesar again. Okay. That would be that would be cool. Last question, because I know we're just about out of time. What advice would you give to a young actor? I know you're an actor. You teach acting at Loyola uh, and director. What you know, young people coming up. What what's your? Everybody has their tidbit that they say. Advice they give them. What what would yours be? It'd be learn the words. Learn the words as they're written. Get out of your own way. So often, you know, actors are waiting for permission to get started. It just, you know, start from where you are. Do not wait for permission from your, your teachers or your mom and dad. You know, pick up the book, get some ideas, get something on the board. Hmm, that's that's terrific. Yeah, just get it started, huh? Yeah, just attack it, attack it. Well, folks, get out to Raven Theater up on uh, Clark Street and see Radio Golf, and you, you will see a great play that was beautifully directed. Todd, thank you so much. We're looking forward We're looking forward to seeing you on stage again. And, folks, go see a play this week.